You're listening to a Pave Media show. Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, if you were to return to your hometown to get revenge on those bastards, what school would you use? Well, Harry, they do say that success is the best revenge. So I think I might just go back and just bask in my general fabulosity and success. You've been reading that birthday card a few times, haven't you? Just a few. Yeah, my self-esteem <laughs> is pretty sky high right now. Happy birthday, John. Thank you. Some films are fine, just the way they are. Other films sometimes take it way too far. But really, how, how bad could it get? Let's go beyond. Beyond the box set. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we play prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. I'm back you bastards. <laughs> I was gonna say, so this film's The Dressmaker. Um, I, like, I, I just really didn't know what to make of it. I was thinking it was going to be like a period piece, you know, kind of in the realm of the favourite but without the humour, what I assumed for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, a film that might have come out in the 80s or something that just starred some people that I should have seen in this film or whatever. And it opens and like, okay, it's a great bit modern, it's got some very cinematic shots but it looks quite serious. Mm-hmm. Not doesn't pick serious films very often. And then of course the first line, <laughs> <laughs> I'm back you bastards. Oh, I'm like, oh, sets there it the, is. Sets the tone. There it is. Sets the tone. <laughs> yeah. I'm back, you bastards. So first things first, if you are listening to this podcast and you've not seen The Dressmaker, which I imagine is many people because mm-hmm. it's fairly obscure, uh, go watch The Dressmaker. Pause on pause. Go watch The Dressmaker. Yeah, I, I've I've never seen this film before mm-hmm. and I probably never would have otherwise. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had a really good time with it. It's got a great cast. It's got Kate Winslet who is doing... One of her most interesting roles. Oh, yeah. Um, it's got Hugo Weaving at his peak. <laughs> um, we'll talk and, about it. Yeah. And uh, Liam Hemsworth's best role. I mean, he's not set a high bar for himself, but, no, but yeah. it's there. I, I mean, I have I have a lot to talk about. I want to yeah. talk about hats. <laughs> I want to talk about golf. Yeah. And I want to talk about age gaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is wigs not on the list? Well, wigs, of course. Yeah, wigs as well. They fall under hats. Ah. And they literally fall under hats. So, you know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Um, uh, but yes. yeah. Okay, well, how would you like to get started then, John? I guess I'll start by explaining a little bit about this film for me. So I hadn't really seen this film. I hadn't really heard of this film either until mm-hmm. quite recently. And a sad thing that's happened quite recently is that uh, HMV, the beloved media store that runs across the UK... I've, is, not, I've, uh, I've not heard of it. Are you sure it's not just the media store that runs across the UK? No, HMV. <laughs> are you being... Are you trying to play? You said, on, you said the beloved. It's, it's, it is beloved. Is it? Well, not anymore because it's, it's going out of business. But uh, Woolworths was beloved. HMV. HMV mm. it has its fans. It, it last outlasted Woolworths by a clear fifteen years. So you know. Well, okay, fine, fair, yeah, fair. No. Like, what are you going to miss more? Well, like, Woolworths is long go, gone. Go, go, going into HMV and like looking at what's in the charts or whatever. Like, yeah, that's my you ritual. That, you can do that online. You can't get a pick and mix online. True. It, it's, it was a ritual. And you also can't steal from the pick and mix online. True, true, true. Well, look, we don't have time tonight to get into your the pick criminal... and mix always right next to yeah. the door. It was just so tempting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, let's park your criminal youth to one side for now. Anyway, the point I'm making... Hey, I've only ever once shoplifted. And it was pick and mix. No... What, what did you shoplift? I want to shoplift an aubergine from Waitrose. An aubergine? Yeah. 
<laughs> that is the most middle class shoplifting <laughs> I've ever heard of. Like, you shoplifted an aubergine from Waitrose. I mean, it was a mistake. Like, well, no, it wasn't a mistake. Uh, I got to the self-service thing and, you know, because some fruit and veg, you just got to place it on scales. There's no barcode on fruit and veg mm-hmm. if it's not wrapped in plastic, which it wasn't at the time, I guess. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I just couldn't find it on the, uh, the the lookup feature. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just I'm just going to take this. My God, living on the wild side, Harry. Yeah. I mean, I was also buying, like, two bottles of champagne or something, so I was spending sure. plenty of cash there. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I hope you enjoyed your ill-gotten aubergine. I did. It went well with the champagne. Great. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask any further questions about what that night entailed. So. <laughs> your alcohol-fueled aubergine fest. Who knows? So. <laughs> anyway, so... Because HMV is... Totally living in a vegetarian household is wild. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I can tell. Anyway... Can I finish my story? <laughs> hey, it was a good sidebar. Whatever. <laughs> so I went into HMV a while, a few weeks back, to browse the, you know, the closing down sales and the discounts and stuff. Mm. And I saw this DVD, mm-hmm. uh, the dressmaker starring Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the cover, and it's Kate Winslet standing in a desert, wearing a giant hat, holding a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea what this is, but this looks up my street. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Kate Winslet. I'm surprised I've not heard of this. Mm-hmm. So and it was like three quid. So I picked it up and watched it pretty much blind was mind blown. Like, my mind was blown. This film makes so many choices. Mm -hmm. You think it's going one way, then it goes another way. Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get into the plot summary. How do you describe the genre of this film? Wild. Wild? (laughs) Wild as a genre? (laughs) Um, And it's a drama? Mm. I wouldn't call it a comedy. I don't really think there's anything that's like, here's a joke. Mm. I um, kind of felt by the end, it's, I think it started as like a slightly wacky, but mm. fairly conventional drama. Like almost almost like an Oscar film, but obviously a bit sillier than mm. most Oscar films. Yeah. Well, I think The Favourite is an interesting comparison, definitely. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then about a half an hour from the end, when we'll talk about it in the plot summary, it takes this huge shift. And then I think it becomes like a very, very dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Like not acknowledging itself as being funny particularly, but definitely leaning into the com- the black comedy yeah. side of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the tone is all over the place. It is. <laughs> There's moments of just pure comedy. The, the characters at times appear to be like cartoons. Mm-hmm. They're very cartoonish in places. But then there's also some quite dramatic moments, you know, so it really runs the gamut. And for me, it kind of worked. Well, it, it actually 100% worked. I found this film to be so entertaining. Mm-hmm. It had so much going on, but... I enjoyed most of it. What did you think? Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it from, yeah. from start to finish. I found it completely engaging. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just great fun all the way around because you never knew what was going to happen next. You really did not, no. no. <laughs> you really disoriented. It, 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 it keeps you on your toes, mm-hmm. but yet you're completely excited the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so would you like to do a little plot summary then? Yeah, sure. So, as we discussed, it opens... It's set in Australia, first of all. Mm-hmm. Actually, in like the 1920s in the 19, Well, there's some flashbacks throughout the film to the 1920s, which is when the Kate Winslet character is a child, mm-hmm. like an eight or eight to ten-year-old child, it appears. Yeah. But the film opens in the 1950s in Australia. Mm-hmm. You see a bus kind of driving through the desert towards this kind of very pokey, like, one-horse town mm-hmm. called um, Dunagar, is it? Yes, that's right. Yes, Dunagar, they say it a lot. And so it's... It's a very horrible name. It is, but it's a horrible town. I, yeah. think, it's, well, yeah. I think it's supposed to sound like Dung, so mm-hmm. yeah. It's not a real town. I looked it up. Okay. Well, it's not anymore. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the middle of the night. Kate Winslet steps off the coach in a giant hat, mm-hmm. in a gorgeous dress, mm-hmm. and high heels. It kind of, the camera kind of takes her in. She very slowly like lights a cigarette, takes a deep drag, and then she says the classic opening line, I'm back, you bastards. 
And as we discussed, that really does set the tone. Were you doing an accent then? I was attempting it. Okay. Was it not reading? No, I just wasn't, wasn't sure if you were attempting or if it no, just sort of came naturally. I was doing me Australian. Oh, was that Australian? Australian. Yeah. Oh. Fair dinkum. Sport. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Kate Winslet has come back home to her town where she grew up, I guess, mm-hmm. and she apparently left into some kind of disgrace because we found out she was accused of murdering a small boy when she was a child mm-hmm. and she was sent away and she never came back. Yeah. So she comes back. She's very glamorous now. She's all grown up. Age, unclear. Yeah. Unclear how old she's supposed to be. Yeah. I guess actually she must be, they do say it's been 25 years since the incident. So she must be like in her mid thirties. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Which Kate yeah. Winslet was a little older than that, but she could play it. That was that wasn't necessarily a problem mm-hmm. until you bring in all the other characters. But we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she goes back to, to her childhood home, where her mother is basically living in complete squalor. Mm-hmm. The mother, played by the fabulous character actress Judy Davis, uh, who is who I do not know, but you know her now. Yeah. Who is, like many people... I just really... loved that shot of her in the bath. Oh, yeah, right. When she just looked like a floating face. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. In this horrible, grimy bath. Yeah. She's full-on Grey Gardens thing. She's, like, living in complete filth. She's uh, called Mad Molly. Ma- she's called Mad Molly, yeah. yeah. She, and she claims not to remember her daughter at all. She's mm-hmm. obviously a bit, you know, here and there mentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kate Winslet is, like, trying to, you know, she's, you must, you got to remember me, Mom. Any better? No? Yeah, mm-hmm. you want to discuss then. So. Yeah. Uh, she kind of, so she kind of forces... Uh, Mad Molly to kind of clean up the place. Mm-hmm. Oh, she also meets Hugo Weaving. Oh, yeah. Who also has a great opening line. Is that... Uh, Dior? Yeah, so Hugo Weaving plays the police chief of the town, mm-hmm. who is on somewhere on the transvestitism spectrum. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's supposed to be gay. They never really address it in terms of what he likes sexually, no, but yeah. he's, well, he's, what he likes sexually is fabric. Yeah. He's very into, he yeah. loves his fabric. Yes, he does. He describes himself as, you know, degenerates. So mm-hmm. yeah, we can infer he's probably also gay, but it, it, the film doesn't really just, address just that. Just not straight. And he's in the closet as well. Very much in the closet. Yeah. yeah. Although not making too much an effort to hide it. Every he, chance like, he gets. Like, like, like he, he said, he said that he is. Yeah. There's a whole scene where he's like, yeah, I'm always, always very, very subtle with, um, you know, my interest. And I'm like, are you? Yeah. When? When have you been subtle? Every scene he's wearing a giant hat. Or, yeah. Or heels or feather bow. Or also, you're saying this in front of like five people. Yeah, exactly. Right now. <laughs> but he seems to be one of the more friendly people of the town towards Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. So he kind of takes her home, picks up her luggage for her, etc. Anyway, so then Kate Winslet is kind of rebuilding her relationship with her mother. And as the rest of the town kind of found out that she's back, the gossip starts to whirl around. And everyone's like, oh, the murderer's back, the murderer's back. Mm. And it turns out that she's come back, Kate Winslet, a, to reach out to her mom, but also because she thinks that she is cursed. Mm-hmm. She believes that she is cursed to, I don't know, everyone she loves dies or something, maybe? Or mm-hmm. just generally, she has a curse around her. Yeah. And she needs to know whether she did, in fact, kill the boy because she doesn't remember. She's repressed the memory. Yeah. So she thinks she might have actually killed this boy and she's come back to try and figure it out. The mom is just denying all knowledge of the whole thing. She's denying she even has a daughter. So she's no help whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then as the film progresses... We find out that when Kate Winslet left the town, she was sent away to boarding school after the incident where the boy died. Mm-hmm. And then she had a fabulous life, travelled around the world, worked for big fashion houses, lived in Paris, became a fabulously talented dressmaker. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of sets up in this little tiny town where you'd feel like the market for this is pretty small, but it turns out not so much, mm. and becomes the town dressmaker. Okay, well, just throwing it out there right now, just a bit of a warning for you. I may have forgotten a lot of those details. Okay. And so my sequel might contradict a lot of that. Okay, sure. But- 
Not we'll, all. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah. There's a scene where she attempts to bathe her mother, Mad mm-hmm. Molly, mm-hmm. and Mad Molly just yells out, RAPE! At the top of her voice. Mm-hmm. Like Judy Davis was at 11 at this, in this film. Yeah. She really was. <laughs> she was all in. Mm-hmm. And then we are introduced to Liam Hemsworth. Well, before who, that, you were introduced to some of the townsfolk who are all just looking up, like, huh? Like, who would want to rape Mad Molly? I think that's Liam Hemsworth's line. Is it? Oh, right. <laughs> Who'd want to R her? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 you've got to out. <laughs> Stop it! It's just a bath. You're filthy dirty and you stink, Mum. Hooray! In their right minds to be up there raping Mad Molly. A lady with little balls. <laughs> You knew there was a reasonable explanation, Barney. Myrtle Dunnage is back. I haven't seen her since she was a kid. She moved. They sent her away, Barney. For the good of us all. Dunny bums come home. <laughs> wonder how she turned out. He overhears and he comes very relaxedly, just kind of strolls over, and then mm-hmm. they kind of have a little meet cutes. And it turns out that Liam Hemsworth and Kate Winslet were school buddies, mm-hmm. which makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I had questions. Like, yeah. I mean, I loved it. I loved the absurdity of that, mm-hmm. but they just never addressed it. No. It's like, I remember her. I remember old Tilly. Her, her character's called Tilly. Uh, I remember her from school. We were at school together. I remember her very well when she was a little girl. He says, I remember when you were a little girl, as if he's the older of the two. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, mm, Kate Winslet, 43, I think, at this point, playing mm. 35-ish. Mm. Liam Hemsworth, like, 23, mm-hmm. also playing 35. Uh, it was unclear. Yeah. It was unclear, but I didn't care. Did you think they had chemistry? I thought they did have decent chemistry, yeah. It was all right. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Liam Hemsworth in this movie. He held his own he very did. well. And against Kate Winslet, who is an Oscar winner. you know. Yeah. Normally, I've, I don't, I've never thought of him as being like a bad actor, but mm. I've always thought of him as just being a bit like, well, Chris Hemsworth, the talent, and you're kind of, you know, you do Hunger Games, you mm. know? Yeah. I've never seen him actually really act before, so I was like... He always feels like a downgrade from Chris. A little bit, yeah. And it's, mm. when you're the younger brother of a big celebrity, that is, you know, mm. yeah. Danny Minogue syndrome, you know, it happens yeah. to yeah, no, I felt like he really held his own. He was very charming in this. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so they kind of strike up a bit of a friendship. Uh, he's like the only person in town who's nice to her, basically. There's a whole scene where he's playing rugby. Uh, it's American football. American football? Are you sure no. it's not rugby? It's American football, I think. Okay, because it's kind of the same. I thought Australians were really into rugby. I know that um, Australian football is fairly similar, but also quite different. But when it's just played in not on a real pitch, it's quite difficult for me to tell. Australian football is played on like an oval pitch, okay. but it is... As far as I can tell, it's quite similar to rugby, mm-hmm. where you just have a ball, you try and kick it between the two poles or whatever it is. Wasn't that what they were trying to do in this game? Yeah. Yeah, so it was Australian rugby then? Which, well, it's Australian football. Australian football, there, football. There, oh, okay. There's rugby or Australian football. Oh, I see, okay. And I don't know the difference. I know some of the similarities, and when it's not on a real pitch, I don't know the difference. Fair enough. Okay, well, they're playing some sports, anyway, yeah. and the team is losing, and then Kate Winslet comes strolling onto the pitch, dressed in this, like... Skin tight, bright red, you know, mm-hmm. very cleavagey dress, again with the big hat and the cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, a wooga! Like, it's real, like, you know, <laughs> eyes on stilts, yeah. stalks. And ev- all the whole town's like, what a scandalous tramp, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Liam Hemsworth comes over, he's like, can you not distract us, please? We're trying to win this game. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, okay, fine. And somehow, in like the space of five minutes, she must have brought a spare outfit because her house is way done, up yeah. She gets changed into like an on all black outfit mm-hmm. and stands on the other side of the pitch so she's in the other team's eye line. Mm-hmm. And I thought, she, the way they shot it, I thought she was naked. Yeah, me too. I thought she just was, totally stripped off. Yeah, it was quite odd. Yeah, but then it turns out she's just in a black dress but she's doing this whole burlesque number where she's like mm. peeling off the gloves and these guys are just all over it. Yeah. <laughs> they are like <laughs> yeah. sexually frustrated. Yeah. So 
she uses her, you know... Well, with the amount of effort that everybody else puts into their appearance, and then suddenly you get that, you'd be like, oh, well, that's different. Oh, totally, yeah. Anyway, so thanks to her womanly wiles... Uh, I, mean, I think Hugo Weaving was giving her the same look, but mm. not for her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so over the course of this part of the film, we're kind of introduced to a lot of the supporting characters, like the characters who live in this village. So you've got, as well as the woman, Lame Hemsworth, you have Gert, who's like this very dowdy, you know, slightly plump girl who's, mm-hmm. you know... She's really in love with this boy who's just come back, whose name I've completely forgotten because he had like three lines in the whole film. Didn't matter. It didn't matter. Vincent, maybe? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, he's just come back to town and he's looking for a bride, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't think she's got a chance. He doesn't notice her. And she went to school with Kate Winslet as well, mm-hmm. again. Uh, and she ratted Kate Winslet out when she was a child. So we get all these flashbacks to this thing. Basically, the, the kid that died was a horrible bully mm-hmm. called Steve. Steve? Yes. Yeah. Who bullied Kate Winslet mercilessly, beat her up, etc. Mm-hmm. We see a flashback in all black and white as when child Kate Winslet was hiding from him and he was looking for her to beat her up or whatever. And then Gertie basically ratted Kate Winslet out mm-hmm. for self-preservation. So yeah. was, that's their relationship. There's also... Kate Winslet was raised solely by her mum. She never knew who her dad was. Mm-hmm. So there's also a chemist who is now a hunchback, mm-hmm. like a cartoonishly horrible old chemist, who's like, uh, your mum's a slut and you're a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's set up as a bit of a villain. He also beats his wife, who's this quite lovely old, old lady in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. But he's fully hunchbacked and like just runs around the town, unable to stop himself. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very bizarre. Yeah, it really is. Oh, and there's also the town mayor. He has a wife who's like a shut-in, who's very much like germ-phobic and keep, you know, she keep, puts paper towels down everywhere and stuff. She's very nervous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he basically keeps her drugged up on like, I don't know, some, kind some, of, some kind of meds yeah, that keep yeah. her like sedated. Mm. And then uh, there's a really weird scene where he basically rapes her. Yeah. Which was never really commented on again. It just no, happens. It it was, I guess to establish he's a villain, but it's like, oh, wow, that was a very dark little... Mm-hmm. It was almost played as a punchline. Almost. Do you think? Well, uh, I kind of then, I kind of laughed and then felt bad for laughing because it was so horrible. You know what I mean? Like, because it was so inappropriate. I was like, oh, didn't see that coming. I, I know what you mean, but... Because um... he drugs her. She's asleep. Mm. He puts her to bed quite tenderly. At this mm. point, you think maybe she's just like, you know, very emotionally damaged and he's doing his best. Mm. And then, oh no, as she's passed out, yeah, he unzips and basically rapes her. So mm-hmm. it's very dark, but it's it's not played as like, oh my God, it's played as like, oh, wow. That happened. It, was almost, yeah. it was a bit of a, a comic beat for something that's not inherently funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but then, it, was, yeah. it was just sort of adding to a very common theme of men are shit. Yeah. Well, it's in, in this town, it seems like pretty much everyone, with a couple of exceptions, is shit. Yeah. There's more unpleasant people than pleasant people in this mm-hmm. town. Although there's a couple. Uh, Liam Hemsworth has a brother who mm-hmm. is has some kind of special needs, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very sensitive portrayal of uh, mental illness, this character. <laughs> <laughs> very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it really is broad. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Who are you? Mrs. Dunnage, it's me, Barney. Are we related? No. <laughs> Thank God. They kind of live on the outskirts of town. Mm. And they always, they like to play, Liam Hemsworth and his brother and all the lads of the town, they like to play on the top of the silo, which we'll come back later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their favourite game is to jump into the silo where all the all the, um, all the rice, not mice. mice, all the, well, mice, but also <laughs> wheat. Is it wheat? Just something, grain. Grain, that's so, it, grain, Something, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. To prove that you're a big butch man, apparently, you need to <laughs> jump into a silo full of wheat grain and then lie down and let a bunch of horrible, disgusting, unhygienic mice run all over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's their, that, that establishes their kind of whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so after she goes to this football game and makes her grand entrance to the town, you know, she kind of starts handing out flyers or business cards. Like, you know, she basically sets herself up as the dressmaker of the town. Yeah. Hence the name of the film. Mm-hmm. And the characters start coming to... Um, get some dresses made by her. Mm-hmm. 
and then she kind of gives the whole town a fabulous makeover. <laughs> yeah, in, in one scene. <laughs> in one scene, it's, it's so funny. It's it's so quick. It's just like a cut, and then suddenly yeah. everybody's fabulous. Everybody, and it's suddenly all the women in the town are walking around the town, like just on a Tuesday afternoon, like mm. just doing their daily business, you know. In like full Oscar dresses, evening gowns, mm-hmm. like capes, and I guess she's also a hairstylist because they all have fabulous hair as well with this makeup mm-hmm. and a makeup artist. Like, yeah. they all go from like you know really frumpy, like dowdy, you know, basically wearing. Well, I mean, the first dress. one happens is Gert in like the summer ball or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and everybody turns up in their normal everyday wear because mm-hmm. you know that's their best clothes or probably their Sunday church wear. I don't sure, know. sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, and then Gert turns up as this entirely transformed person with yeah. makeup. An amazing hairstyle. Yeah, she looks um, fabulous. She really does, and a dress that matches. Yeah, I would say the hairstyle is the main thing for me. That's why that. I was like, she must. All, Kate Winslet must also be a hairstylist. Like, yeah. she's really doing a full makeover here. Like. Yeah, it's not just <laughs> yeah. sewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that really sort of changes everybody's mind on her. Just like, oh, yeah, look at this brand new person who's clearly now going to get with this handsome, strapping young man. Yes, maybe I could get some of that. Yeah, and then yeah, and then then it's in hot demand. Then everyone turns up mm. and gets it done. And so they're all walking around just getting these incredible makeovers. Mm-hmm. And then, what happens after that? Oh, yeah, so the mayor of the town has a particular axe to grind against Kate Winslet for reasons that aren't... Oh, it's his, it's his son, isn't it? It's him and the woman he rapes, or his wife's uh, yeah. son who was killed. Yeah. So to get her back, he brings in another dressmaker mm. who arrives at the town and is stunned to see all these women in these amazing clothes. Uh, and so she sets up herself to kind of ruin Kate Winslet as like the rival dressmaker, mm-hmm. but she's not very good. Mm. And so she makes these terrible and flattering dresses mm-hmm. for Gert. For... The time frame puzzled me because it's yeah, like in one it... scene, Gert meets, you know, she, she goes to the ball and she looks fantastic and catches the boy's eye. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, let, let's dance. Next scene, they get married, yeah. like yeah. straight away. Yep. Like, was there any courting period? Or... I guess not. No. no. So I guess it just happened overnight. Mm. Uh, but that has, so that happens. And this new dressmaker makes God, her. That guy is shallow. He really. <laughs> Very much so. It's a theme, yeah. Yeah. So this new dresser comes comes up and makes this terrible dress for Gert. She hates it. She, she flees across the town, comes crawling back to Kate Winslet, mm-hmm. and she begs her to make the dress. Mm. And everyone's like chasing her across the town. So while, while all this is going on, Kate Winslet's trying to piece together whether or not she actually killed this boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out she, she bribes Hugo Weaving mm-hmm. with a feather boa. Mm-hmm. Of course, <laughs> to release the police report to find out who said what about her, yeah. and it turns out that the old school teacher who irrationally hated her claimed that she had beaten this boy over the head until his neck broke or something. Mm. But she doesn't remember this at all, so she confronts the teacher. The teacher has a whole go at her. It doesn't really get resolved. She thinks this woman's lying. This woman says that no, you you killed him. You killed him. You must have killed him, etc. Are you scared of me, Ula? You weren't when I was ten. You would hit me with a ruler whenever I got a sum wrong or spilled the ink. Mm-hmm. So why didn't you stop me when I stamped again and again on the broken poor neck of Stuart Pettyman? Hmm? I couldn't! I was ten years old. I, I couldn't have done any of this! Everyone knew it would you. You were the only one there! You were there? What are you insinuating? Me! I wasn't there! I came around the corner and saw poor Stuart Pettyman lying on the ground, his head all twisted to one side, and you, you, standing over him. You lied. You didn't see any of it. So Kate Winslet was getting bullied by this boy, 
the boy's preferred method of bullying was to basically headbutt people in the stomach. Yes. He'd put people against the wall or whatever or make people hold them. He'd do a, a whole run-up. Like a bull. Like a, literally like a bull. Mm. It's shot like a bull. Mm-hmm. And he'd just headbang them into the, in the stomach. Mm. So he did this to Kate Winslet. He like, pinned her against the wall and he said, if you move, I'm going to kill your mother and you. Mm-hmm. Horrible little kid. Mm. It's weird. This plays the death of a child as if like this child is a monster. Mm. And yet this child is like 12. This scene was like narratively satisfying but also upsetting well you know that if he that given that he was one of the worst people in that town mm. if he survived longer than being 12 he'd, he'd be a he, monster yes true 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 he'd be he'd be worse than anybody else in this town and everybody else in this town they're, they're all quite bad true absolutely so he's preparing to do his run-up and like headbutt child kate winslet in the chest she steps aside at the last minute so he headbutts the wall breaks mm-hmm. his neck dies of his own accord mm-hmm. and then liam hemsworth kind of pieces up oh that's it liam hemsworth's brother the mentally disabled Mm -hmm. man the whole film he keeps going you moved you moved Mm. and you think he means you moved away from town Mm. but what he actually means is he he saw the whole incident where the boy died Mm -hmm. and he remembers the incident so Liam Hemsworth because his brother keeps saying you moved you moved and he's like she moved she moved and then he Liam Hemsworth connects what he's trying to say Mm -hmm. tells Kate Winslet the memory comes back so then she realises oh I'm not a murderer Mm. I'm not cursed you know I actually didn't kill this boy I'm innocent what a relief let's go have sex yeah (laughs) I moved. I moved. Barney saw the whole thing from on top of the silo. Stuart hit the wall full pelt and broke his own stupid neck. He didn't tell anyone because he was afraid they'd say he was lying and send him away again. Stuart Pettyman killed himself. Anyway, so that happens, and then she's like, "What about my curse?" And he's like, "You're not cursed." And to prove it, I'm going to jump into the silo. Mm-hmm. And so he does. And then, and this is where the film really takes a turn. Yeah. Because I thought this, this this is like an hour and a bit in. I was like, okay, this film's wrapping up. It's been like you know, mm-hmm. Kate Winslet's recovered her memory. She feels like she's innocent. Mm-hmm. She's got her closure. This film's going to wrap up now. It was that was, was a. Perfectly pleasant, slightly wacky little, you know, mm-hmm. coming home drama. Yeah. And then Liam Hemsworth jumps into the silo and dies. Yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah. <laughs> it was very strange. Very, very odd. And uh, yeah, he's just dead. He suffocates because he thought it was Graham, but somehow it's been replaced with something else. Something else, yeah. That I forget, it was a, a name that I've not heard of before. Yeah. Anyway, he suffocates to death in it. Mm-hmm. So obviously Kate Winslet is heartbroken. Mm-hmm. The whole town is increasingly convinced that she is in fact a witch and she's cursed and they mm-hmm. really turn on her now like if she wasn't wasn't hated enough before now she is fully hated mm-hmm. so she has a bit of a meltdown and then people just start dropping like flies yeah. <laughs> so she has a meltdown in her mum's house and mm-hmm. she starts throwing away all the stuff she throws away her sewing machine out, outside it breaks mm-hmm. she starts throwing away like mannequins and stuff and then uh, she throws the record player out of the window. Meantime, because it's been so loud, one of the townsfolk has come up there to spy on them, I think. The, the evil teacher who lied yeah. about her, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then she sees like Kate throwing stuff out, so she goes and hides just behind the, the decking or something. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, the record player lands on her head, and it's a comical noise. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is when I was like, "Oh, this film's a black comedy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. You know what? I I, I missed genre it at the start. Yeah. This is the point where it just goes full on, just like, "Yep, now everyone's just dropping like flies." Yep. So then she doesn't die, to be fair, but she gets sent away. Like she. Goes, oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been because since everyone else fucking died, they could have just said she died. But whatever. Mm. Maybe it was one too many. Yeah. But then the mother, uh, Mad Molly, has a stroke and she dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the, that one wasn't played for laughs though that wasn't played for laughs that was genuinely a sad yeah. moment yeah because yeah. she does eventually like remember her daughter or she admits that she remembers her daughter and mm-hmm. she kind of they rebuild their relationship and it's quite nice and then she's yeah. like you know fuck him fuck this town you know you, yeah. I've got a plan and she, she sets this whole plan in motion before she dies and then the wife of the chemist who has been eating special brownies from Mad Molly yeah, so to, uh, to, to ease her pain yeah because she's got like Terrible arthritis, arthritis yeah. or something, yeah. Possibly as a result of um, her husband abusing her all those years. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, and so as a result of that, she's not ready with her cushion when her husband needs a crash mat, yes. essentially. The hunchback yeah. doctor who like just runs headlong everywhere needs yeah. a crash mat to stop because he can't control his own body. Yeah. Um, and so he runs straight through the building, up the steps, through the front door, mm-hmm. through the door in the middle and out through the back door and there's a small puddle outside yep. which uh, he then falls into and drowns. He does, yeah. Um, you just see his hat floating yeah. and you see the hump of his back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hilariously it insensitive. so funny, yeah. <laughs> we also find out that the mayor... This is Hugo Weaving tells Kate Winslet a very important piece of information that he's been hiding all these years. Mm. She's like, why did you send me away all these years if you knew that the teacher was lying this whole time? And he said, well, because the mayor wanted you to be sent away and he had parental rights because he's your biological father. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's how it works, but we'll go with it. <laughs> so then it turns out that the mayor slept with Mad Molly back in the day, got mm-hmm. her pregnant, and then abandoned her, mm-hmm. hence her being a single mother to Kate Winslet. Which means Kate Winslet was somewhat responsible for her own, her own half-brother's death, which they never really connect. What do you mean? Because the mayor was oh, the father oh, yeah. of the... Yeah, that's true. They never really mentioned, oh, that was my brother then. That would That's an extra convoluted detail that's never yeah. addressed well it's because it's so convoluted it's just doesn't matter we don't need more of this right now yeah yeah so she finds this out that yeah she finds this out then she she goes and tells the mayor's wife what happened mm-hmm. that her husband cheated on her with mad molly back in the day mm-hmm. and that he only married her to steal her money we, we found out as well so then she the mayor's wife gets revenge by slashing her husband's Achilles tendons and letting yeah. him bleed out all over the floor. That was, that was a brutal really way to go. Really horrible way to get down. Yeah. The f- only really violent part in the film and very, very gory. Like, yeah. really, like, oh, no, horrible. Really mm. hard to watch. So, yeah, so he dies. And then the rest of the town, they all get on a coach. They don't know he's died. Mm. They all get on a coach to an Ice Deadford, mm-hmm. which is, I thought it was a Welsh thing. Me too. I thought that was just a Welsh thing. <laughs> I guess it just travelled to Australia. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's got different spelling, because in mm. Welsh, like the Ice word, that's spelled with two Ds, which, as far as I know, is a, is a Welsh letter, mm. and I'm pretty sure the Australian language has the same alphabet as English. I, I don't know. Well, for the benefit of people who don't know, such as me, what is an Ice Deadford? Oh, it's just like a, a, a large county fair, essentially. Sure, okay. It's a, it's a talent show. Yeah, well, this much. was clearly a talent show, yeah. yeah. So they but get... of many, many different talents, and like it's it's a big thing in Wales. Sure, sure, like sure. Every, every town will have, or every school at least, will have one, mm-hmm. like pretty much once a year or something. Uh, I think some towns will do it, and then there's also a national one, which is obviously quite big. Yeah. Have you ever competed in an Ice Deadford? Uh, yeah, in school ones, yes. I don't ever think... Maybe I did go to a... Oh, I went to a county one. Mm-hmm. Um, competed in that, in the brass band, but I, I forget what happened. Okay. <laughs> did you win? 
No, I, I, I. Was there any mass murder? Was, t- was Schlanded Lois burnt to the ground by some vengeful, fabulous woman? Again, I forget what happened. I'll have to go back and find Fair out. Fair enough, fine. <laughs> Come back, let, let, next week, you go back home for a couple of weeks after this recording. So Yeah, I need to get revenge on those bastards. So, yeah, well, yeah oh, that's why you go back. <laughs> Great. Well, let me know how that works out for you. Um, and let me know, try and figure out if you remember what happened at the last Ice yeah. Maybe you killed a boy and refreshed the memory. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to go back, go back and build everybody a website. Great. <laughs> that's your version of yeah. sewing them a fabulous dress. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, so the rest of the town gets a coach out to the next town over to compete in the size Deadford. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, big reveal, that Kate Winslet has, with the help of Mad Molly before she died, mm-hmm. has got a co- huge commission to do all the costumes for the rival town for their production of the Mikado. Yeah, which wasn't a slight surprise because she did kind of say that. Yeah. Like a scene or two earlier. Yeah, it was played like a big reveal, but we already knew. Yeah, but... it, was, it was weird they told us. Yeah. They well, didn't need to. Yeah, that could have been like the big takeaway. But anyway... So they do that, and then they find out that because they've all been horrible to Kate Winslet, she's gone to the other town and helped them to win with by making them fantastic costumes. And then they're all like, "Where's Bill or whatever the name of the mayor is?" Mm. And there's a great exchange with like one of the people who says, "Oh, he's dead," and they go, "Oh no, not to Act Two, Scene Three. Like, yeah. No, 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 he's really dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then no one cares. No one cares. No. We are still the best. Where's Evan? Reggie, where's Councillor Pennyman? He's dead. No, not till Act 2, Scene 1. No, he's actually dead. Marigold killed him. They've taken her away. <gasps> the Scottish play. <sighs> yeah, so while everyone's out of town, Kate Winslet is, like, putting petrol all over the house that, mm-hmm. that she grew up in. She's putting everything into piles. She, she sets the house on fire. She's got, I would say, her most underwhelming outfit of the entire film. Yeah, I would have thought. I was very surprised scene, by it. You'd want the best one. You'd yeah. save your best for this scene, but... yeah. Anyway, so she's... And, she, and she gets a red roll of fabric, which I loved. Yeah. And well, let's say, I thought that she was just going to burn her own house down. Yeah, me and too. And be like, well, screw this town, I'm leaving. Yeah. You know, I've done what I needed to do. Great. That Which would have been fine. But yeah. then, oh, no, no, no. Then she rolls out her own red carpet, mm-hmm. sets it on fire, mm-hmm. burns the entire town yeah. down, <laughs> and yeah. gets the trains in Melbourne. Yeah. Boom, film ends. Yeah. Amazing. Well, the film ends when they arrive back at the town, and they're all just like, what? in their yeah. weird Shakespeare, bad Shakespeare costumes. Yeah, they're all in these terrible frumpy outfits and then they were mm. like, oh my God, our town has been burnt to the ground. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't... So was every surviving member of the town on that bus? I guess, because I was wondering like... What about, what about the uh, the chemist's wife? Yeah, I thought so too. She was nice. Yeah. And she couldn't get <laughs> around like, on her own. No. Like just one person left behind like could have died. You know, Kate Winslet may have killed many people. But... Did she search every house? I don't think she did, no. Because I got the impression that there were like hundreds of people in that town. Mm-hmm. Not just yeah. like 20 it because, seemed to vary. Because, because, because they did have a full football team who were all about the same age. Yeah. Which implies they probably have about that many people, if not more, in every age. Yeah. It seemed to really vary. In certain scenes, it's like, oh, there are like 15 people in this town. Mm. Other scenes, it's like, yeah, this is a full community. <laughs> yeah, because like, if it's 15 people, yeah, sure, you can probably have a quick check of 15 houses and you know... Well, it was only a small coach, so... And like, yeah, and, and you know where everybody that is. That football team was not on that coach. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if it's, you know, a town of hundreds, you don't know who's just had a baby. Yeah. Who, who might be in the house, and that's a small thing you're not going to notice. Yeah. So I um, think she killed many people. She's a monster. But... She she is a monster. Well, she's cursed. Well, she's cursed, yeah. So but... I should blame it on the curse. Where are you headed, miss? Paris. Uh, this train's direct to Melbourne. We'll stops at Hay, Oyen, and Birchip. Melbourne, then. Mmm. Fire someplace. Yes. Don't attack. Burning off rubbish, were they? Looks like they overdid it. You never met the rubbish.
What an odd film. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Especially, I feel like it's odd that Kate Winslet was in this film. You know, it's a... <laughs> well, I guess that, I don't know when this came out, but maybe she's got to the point in her career where she's just like, I can do whatever I oh, want. Oh, totally. And she seems to me like the kind of person who has a lot of fun. Yes. And seeks out fun. And she she saw this, saw the script, or mm. maybe she... Maybe she knew, knew some of the filmmakers or mm. some of the previous work, and she was just like, yeah, you know what? This looks like it might be some good fun trash. I'm up for this. Okay. No, I agree. I think that's exactly what she did, because this is after she won an Oscar. This is like, this came yeah. in like 2015, so... She's won Oscars. She's made millions. Yeah. She will forever be beloved from her previous work. Yeah. So, yeah, she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. I would like to see her get into bad horror. No, I'm, I'm really pleased she, that she did Do you think this. she could be the next Tony Collette? I could totally see her in a hereditary. I don't think mm. that's a bad horror, but I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think this was a bad film. No, no, no. Uh, bad's not the, the right word, but just unserious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like campy stuff. Yeah, more, more Kate Winslet campy stuff. Mm. All for it. Yeah. I mean, that's what Hereditary was. Definitely, definitely. It was definitely I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't high. call it bad. No. Not no. that it was good. No, it was somewhere in between. Mm. It was it was something. Yeah. And this film was the same. It was like, I, this isn't like The Room. It's not like a, ter- it's, a it's well made. Mm. Yeah, actually, I thought the cinematography was lovely. It looked gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the dresses, the way it's all shot, fantastic. But uh, yeah, it's just so odd. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's how did this do in the awards? Uh, nothing, not not a thing. No. no, not at all. It is one of. The... Did it get like a a print nomination or something? Because the scene where Liam Hemsworth takes his top off, mm-hmm. you know, when they're just about to like measure him up for a suit for, yeah. before the wedding, I've seen that before, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it's on like an award show, or maybe it could be like a. A Greg Norton show or something. Possibly, yeah. But yeah, like I've seen that one scene because mm-hmm. I remember that happening and then an audience laughing afterwards. Yeah. So No, it definitely didn't get any awards in like America or the UK that I remember. Okay. It is one of the highest grossing movies of all time in Australia, <laughs> which I love. Like, how bizarre. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I think it's based on like a best-selling novel. So mm-hmm. that probably is why it was big in Australia. But, mm-hmm. And, you know, also, you know, Kate Winslet in a big Australian film. Sure. Yeah. Hugo Weaving, Judy Davis, both big Australian actors. So, mm. yeah, I... Didn't know what to make of this, but I, did, I know I enjoyed it. Mm, cool. I was puzzled, but enjoyed it a lot. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? Do you have anything? No, no, no. I just... Oh, I was going to say, should we get to some uh, drinking games? Sure, yeah, okay. So, my first one, I believe, is drink for every time somebody says the word bastard. Yes. That's Comes a up a lot. It does. It's a good old... It's a very Australian swear word. I didn't realise to watching this film. Like, it is. It's. Yeah. I also find it quite difficult to say without sounding very posh. Mm-hmm. Bastard. True. Yeah, same. It, it is a yeah. I have a very posh or very Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, well, my first one is obvious. Drink for makeovers. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> very good. Um, mine's another obvious one. Drink for every death. Did you have a favourite death or? Probably the Hunchback, I think. Yeah, similar to makeovers. Drink for hats. Yes, mm-hmm. sure. What, what I was in just drink every time you see a hat. She has a lot of hats. Fair, fair. <laughs> I, I was going to say drink for every Kate costume change. Yes, that's right up there. Mm. Drink every time Hugo Weaving becomes sexually aroused by fabric. <laughs> I should have put that one down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really is just like, ooh, ooh. Like when he's going through that bag, it's, he really seems like he might jizz his pants at any moment. It's mm-hmm. uncomfortable, but also hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. Drink for golf balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or just every time one's hit. We didn't talk about the golf, yeah. So Yeah, it was, it, it was a weird addition, but used very well. Yeah. So it turns out Kate Winslet and I guess her mum as well are both like, super good golfers because mm. they basically stand on the top of the hill where the house is and they can hit anything they want to with those golf balls so they like fire it at the teacher and like break mm-hmm. the plant part they fire it, like try and get a fat ass like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just basically torment people with, with golf balls mm-hmm. it's great yeah so yeah drink every time Judy Davis flirts with Liam Hemsworth 
<laughs> that's Mad Molly, the mom. Yeah, sure, that absolutely she works. very flirty with him. The scene where he gets naked, obviously, is the best one, where mm. she's like, take your shirt off. It's like, you'll make some woman very happy. Maybe maybe some eligible spinster yeah. or hag. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she, anyone who refers to themselves as a hag <laughs> is fabulous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, drink whenever uh, her mum swears at her. Yeah, or, or she swears at her mum. Good. Does rape! Count. Yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know it's yeah. not technically a swear word, but I just love the delivery of it. Mm. <laughs> uh, drink whenever somebody poses. I guess it goes in with makeovers, but especially that scene when the whole town becomes like a fashion shoot. Like when Una, the rival dressmaker, turns up and all the women are just kind of standing with the one hand on the hip. Mm. Like, oh, yeah. we look fabulous. Like, mm-hmm. like changing a light bulb in an evening gown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> Feeding the chickens in an evening gown. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Yeah, I think those are all mine as well. Oh, cool. Great. Sounds like this is the most important piece of clothing I'll ever own. You could be married in this suit. Yeah, I could be. Snapped up by some eligible spinster or hag. <laughs> Trousers off too? Yes. No. Well, before we uh, start getting on to our actual sequels, um, I just want to ask you listeners, have you enjoyed this episode? Because if so, then please go to patreon.com slash set, And, you know, if you've enjoyed it, it's only fair that you um, show your enjoyment by paying us loads of money. Is this your new technique now? Just to try and be people. Just trying a different technique each week, see, what, sure. see whatever works. Yeah, let's see what sticks. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you do go to Patreon, sorry, if you do become a patron, then um, you get a bonus show from us called Beyond... Beyond. What are your fish just trying to escape? Yeah, I think there might have been a little suicide attempt there. That's all right. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. They've knocked over Ariel. Uh, it's, I know, but Ursula still stands, so I feel like that's... Until they both go over, I feel like I can't. Okay. They've made their choice. Cool. They've picked their team. <sighs> so, do your fish want to become patrons? Is that, is, is that the message I'm I getting here? I don't know how much earning or, or are they, they have, to be sick of listening to us? They are probably... Uh, they are either <laughs> our number one fans, or they are in a hell of their own making. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we've got the bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we uh, review films in cinema, mm-hmm. or films that are nominated for Oscars, whatever yeah. time of year it is. If you become a patron, you can also have a 30-second advert um, on the show once a month, Mm -hmm. which you can advertise anything you want. It can be your own podcast, your own business, or it can be just a friend of yours. Just advertise a friend. Just advertise a friend. Okay. Just say, like, that friend I've got, they're great. You should be friends with them. Do you have any particular friends you want to sing the praises of right now? Not at all. Not one who's, you know, maybe sat opposite you, whose birthday's coming up, who, you know... You know what, Louise. (laughs) (laughs) You can advertise Louise. Louise. She's, a, she's a patron. She can advertise Louise. herself. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna say she she she's hosted a, a couple a couple of days for me where she's cooked me nice meals. And we watched great films together. So I would recommend becoming friends with Louise. Okay, okay. Well, I hope you're very happy together. It's always worth your while. Yeah, yes, and uh, finally, if you are also a patron, then what is it? Once a month? Yeah, once a month, um, you get to pick the film for us, which we can either do on the main show, um, or if it's a film with sequels, then we'll do it on the bonus show. And obviously, you're welcome to join us. Wherever you are in the world, you can Skype in, or if you're local to Leeds-ish, then, um, yeah, come on by. Yeah. All that's available, patreon.com slash set. Let's see, Alex. Uh, what do you think of Jaws, which is at 97% Rotten Tomatoes? I find it to be anti-shark propaganda. What do you feel about the Entourage movie, which is at a meager 33%? I think they finally got Hollywood right. How about It Follows, 97%. Worse than your parents giving you the sex is evil talk. 
How do you feel about Juno, which is at 94%? That would be a movie that celebrates a teenage homewrecker. Uh, how about Bewitched at 25%? Best television adaptation ever put to film. How do you feel about American Hustle at a towering 93%? Overwrought awards bait. Righteous Kill, 19%. The movie that Michael Mann wishes he had made when he created Heat. Sounds about right. I'm Julio. I'm Alex, and we are the Contrarians. As you can tell, our thing is that we rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Regardless of what we really feel. Find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn. Facebook, Twitter, we're everywhere. Now, the sequels. Yes. So, are you going first this week? Mm-hmm. So, me. mine is... It's a musical. Mm. I could see that. This yeah. is definitely the kind of film that could lend itself to being a big, silly musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm not very good at coming up with names for songs. Okay. So, I've, I've got a story here, which is, you know, as normal. But uh, just every now and then, it'll be like, a song goes here. Maybe this kind of genre. Sure. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll come up with a name or not. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Um, anyway, it's uh, it's going to be a prequel, and it's called The Dressmaker in Paris. The Dressmaker in Paris, like it, like mm-hmm. it, yeah. So a lot of this is going to, I guess, contradict what the film said, because I just forgot. Okay, sure. But Paris stuck out for me for some reason. She was in Paris for some time, so that, I think, yeah, that was yeah. where she spent a lot of time. Yeah. So anyway, a, a small girl of the age of about 10, mm-hmm. I would say, so she's just left Australia. Casting-wise, I only know one female actor vaguely around that age, and that's Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. She's mm-hmm. younger, but the age is going to change through the film. Sure, okay. So rather than trying to cast multiple teenage actors. Yes. So yeah, she's sent away from her home in Australia um, to the foreign land of Paris. Wow, okay. She starts out in an orphanage um, okay. with the name, which, and she's given the name Yvette. Yvette, okay. It's a French name I could think of. A hangover from the clue, maybe? Yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she makes a few little orphan friends and eventually a few little orphan enemies. Oh, wow. Um, orphan enemies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so song number one, where all the gang introduce themselves. Okay. They don't need titles. Let's forget about that. Okay. Uh, like the, the orphanage rap, maybe? <laughs> the, yeah. or, the orphanage rap? Yeah, like they've all got like their own line, like 21 seconds. It's like, you know. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. So eventually she gets kicked out of the orphanage oh, no. when uh, one of her fellow orphans dies. Okay. A bully was trying to make her eat a moldy baguette. Okay. Which, what uh, a villainous French bully. Yeah. Uh, which she, she backs out of the bully's hand and unfortunately lands into her best friend's mouth and uh, kills her. Oh, my God. So the bully doesn't die, her friend dies. Mm. Okay. From poisoning from eating a moldy baguette. Mm-hmm. What a horrible way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably some song there, but if you, or a chapter, I don't know, but Yvette tosses the baguette or something like that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Could it just be called, like, Zuta Laws? Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so now, living on the streets. Okay. Still um, in Paris? Still in Paris. Okay. Um, she joins a gang. Oh, wow. Of pickpocketers. Oh, okay, like Oliver Twist. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, during some jaunty songs, they teach her the art of pickpocketing. Okay. you got to pick a pocket or two, just just whatever. Well, I mean, that's kind of been dumb. Pick pick a pocket or two, as in two in French. Oh, pick a pocket or deux. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't what, know. What's French. the French for pocket? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, yes, that's that's going to happen. Okay. Everything they pickpocket goes to the person who runs the brothel. Okay. Is that a madam? A madam, yeah, a madam. Yeah. So yeah. is Kate Winslet, is little Kate Winslet now working as a prostitute and a pickpocket, or just a pickpocket? Who... Just a pickpocket. Like, she's 12, 13 at this point. Okay. Yeah, which uh, the, the madam either sells on or uses to make her girls look prettier. Okay. Um, Commence another song about prostitutes looking fancy. Okay, sure. Uh, hot couture. Yeah, that's, that's a phrase, isn't it? <laughs> well, either way, I was thinking this one's got more of a Moulin Rouge kind of feel to sure, it. Sure, 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 yeah. 
Like a diamonds or a girl's best friend kind of vibe. Yeah, that, yeah, that sort no. of thing. And, you know, maybe Chris, Christina Aguilera's there. Oh, please no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be looking better, not worse. No. <laughs> so, at one point in a disturbing scene, one of the very drunk customers starts being a bit creepy towards her. Oh, no. Like underage mm. creepiness. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And there's nobody around to defend her. Mm-hmm. But over the years of being a pickpocket, she's learned to move very quickly. Okay. And so in kind of a repeat of the first film, when he launders towards her, she escapes very quickly between his legs, mm-hmm. and he stumbles and falls headfirst down a large flight of stairs. Oh, no. I would say he falls down stairs for a long time. Let's just drag uh, that Comedically out. long. Yeah. Was it Death Becomes Her when thinking, Meryl yes. falls down the stairs for a clear minute? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this obviously sparks much speculation that she actually murdered him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, she's starting to become a young woman now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the strippers advises her, sorry, prostitutes advises her that uh, she might be accountable for the crime and so should probably just leave. Yeah. Um, you know, while she can. Mm-hmm. So she's again out on the street and uh, a bit of a solo singing montage <laughs> while she uh, just lives on the streets for a couple of years in Paris. Okay. Eventually. Is this like a dramatic ballad, like an on my own kind of moment, I think so, right? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, like, I don't need any people or whatever. Sure, yeah. Or, in fact, no, no, not that, because that contradicts later. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, she eventually finds her way to London mm-hmm. um, through different means of transport. I did look at the tunnel tunnel was not open at this point. No. So. <laughs> you get a ferry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's ways. Yeah. And uh, through a happy coincidence, in kind of a Paddington kind of style, she uh, gets adopted by a fairly well-off couple um mm-hmm. british couple british order. couple yes okay they adopt her the father is a, uh, a very successful business owner mm-hmm. and the mother is a teacher so her dad often takes him to his golf games with ceos where oh. she, she picks starts, the starts to become yeah, fairly good at golf and uh-huh. get, get me an interest there um, and her mother home teaches her for a while along with teaching her how to sew mm-hmm. which obviously her, her australian mother did kind of get kicked off on that but uh, you know then she really learns how to like make dresses and stuff mm-hmm. Well, the years go by, and we see her bonding with them. A few birthday parties happen. She gets she gets some friends. Then they all go to uh, finishing school together. Okay. Where her accent changes from sort of kind of French and a bit English to just now posh English. Sure. Because one thing I noticed in this was actually Kate Winslet's, Kate Winslet's accent was not on point, it, being it, Australian. It, it wandered. Yeah. It, there were moments, and then there were moments. Yeah. <laughs> I think there were some bits of just like, yeah, I know how to say that word in Australian. Yes. <laughs> Like bastards, yeah. yeah. Let's finish the sentence with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, when they're at finishing school, she learns to become a woman, um, along with becoming the best dressmaker in her class. Uh-huh. She's taught how to speak properly, which gets rid of her foreign accent. Now, unfortunately, one of her teachers is this older male teacher who, where you can see where I'm going with this, he's horribly sexist mm-hmm. and is known by her friends to be a little bit dodgy mm-hmm. to some of the students. Oh, no. One day after her best friend comes to her crying about what that teacher has done to her, she hatches a dastardly plan to get him caught. That's mm-hmm. another word I say quite poorly. Dast- you do, dastardly. yeah, dastardly, yeah. <laughs> the word just, ah, uh, like bastard, dastardly. Yeah, yeah, it's anything that brings up that, like, that hard, yeah, mm. a, yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to go, like, bastard. Bastard, yeah. Which is well, just it's... not me. No, no, no. That's, you're uh, far too posh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the plan involves using her friend as bait, which her friend is up for, because, like, she really wants to get this guy. Sure. Yeah, then getting the head teacher to walk in on her with that teacher, mm-hmm. like, abusing her, essentially. And so the plan... Doesn't go well. Tilly can't get the head teacher there on time, um, and so her friend is kind of left alone fighting the teacher back, which actually ends in her friend meeting her demise. Oh no! What, what happens to her? I've not written in okay. like how specifically what she was dies. The, what was the plan though? She dies so, just to see like the uh, so that so the head teacher would walk in and just see this teacher um, abusing this student. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But 
it went wrong because okay. clearly um, young Kate Winslet is not smart enough yet. No, and she's cursed. So. And, and she's cursed, so just nothing goes well, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. And so, yeah, Tilly's distraught with this. And, uh, well, yet again, she's distraught because her friends keep dying. Yeah. And uh, this results in a very unhappy ballad about how shit men are while she aggressively sews a red dress. <laughs> and that's the end. Okay. Finishes on a right down point. Cool. But um, she's, there. she's there in her early 20s. Yeah. There's plenty of scope for her to move to Australia. Sure. And catch up with her mum and try and sort of fix her childhood. Okay. I can see that. I would like to see just the original film being made as a musical. I think it That would, would work too, yeah. It could really be like a stage show. I could really see it. Oh, it's, yeah. It's very stagey. Yes. Like, yes, it is. Do you remember the scene again where Kate Winslet and Liam Hemsworth go on a date to watch Sunset Boulevard mm. and the mum comes along mm. and she's just being the worst cinema person in the world and she keeps stealing Liam Hemsworth's gin bottle. Yeah. And then they come home and like Kate Winslet's like, give him his gin bottle back and like they, they chase, she chases around the living room and like mm. basically like lifts up her skirt and like mm-hmm. grabs this gin bottle <laughs> and then Kate Winslet literally does this to the mom she kind of points at the mom and goes like you like it's like a it's a real like cartoon reaction it's like yeah. a sitcom like freeze frame ending it's bizarre like. yeah it is <laughs> so yeah I could totally see this as being like a stage show and it's also got like a small cast of like quirky mm. characters like I could see this on the stage definitely mm-hmm. so yeah a prequel that's uh, basically a music stage musical could work so, very well so that was a dressmaker in Paris a dressmaker in Paris very nice very nice uh, okay and London and London <laughs> and some other places yeah <laughs> I've actually done something quite similar, actually. Oh, really? Because I, it, it, I guess it's kind of the obvious place to go with this, is that... There's a lot of little ties of plots that are like, this is what happened back yeah. in the day. and It drops a lot of tidbits about like yeah. her life before. And, and there's like... nothing left afterwards. No. it's such a personal story that you can't yeah. really go much more from after yeah. everybody dies. Unless she just goes and burns down another town for some reason, but sure. There's no yeah, but then like, why is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... Yeah, so I also had it. Mine's called uh, The Dressmaker 2, The Curse. Mm-hmm. And it is about how this idea of how she came to believe that she was, in fact, cursed in the first place. So, okay. Not a million miles away from yours. So it's going to start, again, in the in a boarding school in Australia. Mm-hmm. Kate Winslet's going to be about 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Still played by Kate Winslet. Yep. Because I feel like this film was all about just fuck it. So I like the idea of Kate Winslet being aged down using some kind of mix of makeup and digitals, whatever, mm. to look 15. And, you know, this film's going to have a passage of time, so she'll get more closer to her age in the film. Yeah, yeah. not her real age. Yeah. Uh, but yes, anyway. So she's in boarding school, having a very hard time, struggling to make friends. You know, nobody likes her. She's getting bullied a lot. You know, it's an all-girls boarding school, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's a proper mean girls kind of situation. Mm. For whatever reason, she's the one everyone hates. Maybe the rumours have followed her that she's killed a boy, whatever. Or maybe she's just not very socially adept. She's getting hor- she's very lonely, she gets bullied, she's isolated. Her only joy is reading fashion magazines and books in the library. So she loves read this is how where her love of fashion begins. She just reads all these magazines from Vogue and you know Harper's Bazaar, whatever whatever the big fashion magazines at the time were. Yeah, sure. So yeah, her only friend is a handsome young janitor, who's maybe like in his early twenties or something, who is the only person in the whole school who's nice to her. Mm-hmm. So they start having like they get as they get closer over the course of the film. Have you cast these people? I feel like there's going to be a running theme here. Maybe they should all be played by Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> all the boyfriends. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, they don't have to be, but I was like, is it Liam Hemsworth with different looks? Maybe maybe a wig. A wig. Yeah. You can take his beard off at some point. Sure. Yeah, just Liam Hemsworth. I mean, how many all. boyfriends have you got in this? There's going to be a few. Okay. They they all got very distinct personalities. So Liam Hemsworth with a nose job. Oh yeah, like a fake nose. Mm. Yeah, that could work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get closer. Yeah. I mean, he's got—he's not got the range. No, he doesn't. Like, I—I I didn't really get the impression in this film that he was trying much. No, no, he was good because it was a good role. Yeah, it, it was a role that seemed to be 
written very specifically for him. Yes. Strapping um, young man with, you know, yeah, washboard abs and lovely blue eyes. Yeah. Yes, who, who, who looks fancy and that's his characteristic. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, they start having secret meetings, you know, in the in the attic of the school. Like, mm. There's a big, dusty, deserted attic where nobody goes. Brilliant. So that's where they go to kind of make out and dream about the future. So one day, for some reason, she gets particularly badly beaten up by the school bullies, you know, by the gang of girls who hate her in this school. Mm-hmm. And so she's crying, and this janitor takes her up to the attic. You know, he's cleaning up her wounds, you know, covering up the bruises, whatever. He's mm-hmm. comforting her. And he's like, you know what? Let's run away together tonight. Let's go, Let's run away from the, the boarding school. We'll get a train to Melbourne. We'll make a new start together. Yeah. And she's, she obviously agrees, because she's got no reason to want to stick around in this hellhole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's like, yeah, all for it. And so he's really excited. And, and the janitor boy is so excited that he jumps up to his feet and plunges through the floorboards <laughs> of the attic. To his death. Great. Yes. Great. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she's heartbroken and horrified, understandably. You do not like Liam Hemsworth, do you? It, this, no, this is, I do. I think, he's, I think he's very charming. He's a strapping man. No, I just think... I, it's How many only, times can I kill Liam Hemsworth in no, but I, I only thought it'd be funny if it was always Liam Hemsworth, just for weirdness. Like, yeah, It yeah. could be anyone. No, this is not an anti-Liam Hemsworth thing. It's not like me and when I microwave that cat. Mm. It's just more about... Um, I think it'd be funny if she was constantly having dead boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where the curse comes from. Yeah. So anyway, she's horrified and heartbroken, understandably. And so she runs away on her own. Makes it to Melbourne on her own, where she make, she takes a menial job as a seamstress. So this mm-hmm. is where she first starts learning how to sew, obviously. And she saves up enough money over time to get passage on a boat to London. Because mm. obviously this is the 1930s, 40s, so there's no planes. It's just, you have to get the boat wherever you're going to go. Yeah. So she's on the boat from Australia to London. Obviously, it's a very long voyage. While she's there, she develops a relationship with a young seaman. Lovely. They fall in love. And he promises to leave the Navy as soon as they oh, land in London. Especially if this is like back in the 20s or whatever. Like yeah. his costume is going to be peak sort of yeah, baby sailor like, costume. Yeah, totally like in the Navy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he promises that as soon as they land in London, they're going to run away together. Mm. So he takes her one night, you know, in the midst of their middle of the ocean love affair. <clears throat> he takes her out for a romantic date on a lifeboat. So you know, they, they take a lifeboat into the water so they can like just be together or, you know, in privacy. Is the main ship still going? I'm guessing it's like moored somewhere. It's okay. moored somewhere. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's like refueling. Or, yeah, yeah, it's like you know, we've got. Okay, okay sure. It's yes. just it stopped for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking like otherwise you've got to row pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, so they're on a romantic midnight. Also, become the life of Pi. Yes, exactly. So they're on a romantic midnight little boat trip in the middle of the ocean together, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, he falls overboard and drowns. Oh, lovely. So, yeah, another dead body there, mm-hmm. and I'm guess this is just going to keep happening over and over again. Like, so she's going to get to London. Maybe she'll meet like a saucy young chimney sweep, mm-hmm. sweeps her off her feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he'll be the one who teaches her how to play golf. I don't know why chimney sweep will be able to play golf, but they're all going to meet increasingly ridiculous sticky ends, basically. Yeah. So then there'll be one in London. At some point, she goes to Paris and starts working for that famous fashion designer. Uh, then she goes to Milan and works for Balenciaga. Like, she really seems to have had like a fabulous career. Mm-hmm. But each time, a boyfriend dies, basically. And so she's obviously going to be increasingly concerned. Also, she mentioned in the film that she lost a child. I don't know how to make that funny. Hmm. No. She says... The child oh, is Liam Hemsworth. She has like, a, his, like, it's his head on a baby or whatever. Okay, sure. Or, or one I don't, of I don't the, know how, how long the child lives. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe one of these Hemsworth... It's like Liam Hemsworth with beard. Yes. Yeah, maybe one of these Hemsworths knocks her up. They have a baby. The mm-hmm. baby is born with the face of Liam Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. And both the father and child... Die in childbirth. Die, yeah, they both die somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like, I'm sorry, your child died in childbirth. Would you like to hold the baby bef- just for once? And she's like, yes. 
She holds it, and it's just Liam Hemsworth head on a baby. Yeah. That would be super disturbing, but sure. <laughs> I mean, not him in, like, baby face, but it's just like... Yeah, just his you know, head she's, on she's, hold, she's holding this thing just wrapped up, you know, yeah. a doll or whatever, and Liam Hemsworth's head is just poking through under her arm, essentially. Yes, 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 sure. <laughs> so that, and maybe that's the final straw. After that happens, she... Avoids Liam Hemsworth. Well, that would be, a, you know, maybe broadening her range. But, but, uh, no, she she's still living in Milan, I think, at this point. And she goes and visits a fortune teller. Mm-hmm. And she says, out of desperation, she's like, you know, what's wrong with me? Everyone I ever love winds up dead. You know, mm-hmm. what can I do to break this curse? And the fortune teller says to her, you have unresolved issues from your childhood. Mm-hmm. You need to go back and face your demons. Otherwise, you will never be free of this terrible curse. Yeah. You need to go back to Donegar. <laughs> and then cold cut movie ends mm, lovely so not, not the most you know not the most detailed sequel I've ever done but again I just thought like I thought a prequel oh, would it's, be a good... it's fun and silly and that's all yeah 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 I think yeah. The, the idea I think a, yeah, a prequel that just explains what her life was and how she got to where she needed to be would mm-hmm. probably work quite well so yeah that's no, I, I like it very good yeah. what's it called again I had the dressmaker 2 the curse but very good, very if, good. I, if I think of anything better I'll edit it in oh, I, think, I think that's good cool okay yeah. Uh, the, the curse of Liam Hemsworth. The curse of the Hemsworth curse. Yeah, yeah. The Hemsworth curse. That's it, yeah. Mm. Cool, great. Okay, listen to submissions. Okay. Matt Hanley said Dressmaker 2. Straightforward. Oh, is that it? That, that's the whole thing. <laughs> oh, right, okay, yeah. Yep. Kind of his thing. Great. Hannah Peterson Barton said Dressmaker 2. This time it's Purse and all. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's very, very what good. I like to hear. We had some good puns this week. Mm-hmm. We had some good pun work. Uh, Isaiah Hand had a very good idea. The Dressmaker versus Phantom Fred. Oh, yeah. Imagine those characters met. That'd yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean... Maybe he's one of the dead boyfriends, Daniel Day-Lewis. You mean he's, he's Liam Hemsworth aged up? Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe, actually. Maybe the Phantom Fred is a prequel to The Dressmaker. Maybe while she's in London, she gets into a relationship with this, like, finickety old, you know, older gentleman who's mm-hmm. like a, who is also a dressmaker, mm-hmm. who teaches her how to be an amazing dressmaker. Mm. Yes. But his whole kink is he likes his women to make him sick and to tend for him. And mm-hmm. that was the plot in that film where she was poisoning him all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe so then she gets into that, that kind of weird BDSM And it just gets a bit far, he gets too sick It goes too far and he dies, yeah. Because yeah. he's like 80. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was Daniel Day-Lewis, he was like 450 maybe. He was really? 80. Maybe 60, he's not 80. Oh. Anyway, yeah. The Phantom Fred is a prequel to The Dressmaker. Mm-hmm. I'm claiming it. Yep. I mean, technically it was Isaiah's idea, but yeah. let's pretend that was my sequel idea. Yeah. Dennis Fanning said, Dressmaker 2... Gown in 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she literally does. Like, when Gertie, for example, runs away from her future husband, mm. and he's like, she, I need a gown, I need a gown. And then, like, Kate Winslet slams the door. Seconds later, opens it, and she's fully made over. Yeah. It's like, she's a witch. Yeah. Hmm? Richard Homer said, The dressmaker, a stitch in time. Oh, very nice. He's, and he's got a plot summary. He says, Just more Kate fucking shit up and looking amazing, please. <laughs> Which, I agree. Mm-hmm. That's all you need for this film. Mm-hmm. Ross Weissman said, The dressmaker, how about a nice pair of slacks? <laughs> Jack Fitzpatrick said, The dress putter on her. Now that it's been made, it's a wearable thing you can put on. The movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very yep. nice. Uh, Scott Hillman had a sequel idea, like a story. He says, Tilly has moved to Wellington, New Zealand, and found love with a, lady, a nice lady called Anne. Mm-hmm. She sets herself up as a dressmaker and is mu- as much of a fashion icon as one can be in the rural south of New Zealand. But as she tries to leave her past behind, she's haunted by her memories of the town that she figuratively and literally destroyed, and she starts seeing visions of the people who she left behind. So I guess mm-hmm. like the ghosts of the, t- the town, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They say if you seek revenge, you dig two graves. It's a famous saying. Uh, and now that she's done it, can she live the rest of her life in peace? 
So I guess it's her like being haunted by him, burning the town down and uh, needing to make amends for her that, yeah. actions. So that could work. Sounds like great fun. Sounds very, very yeah, <laughs> crowd-pleasing. Uh, and finally, at one Aussie nerd, one, Daniel Sickner, said, Kate Winslet is hired to take revenge on a group of people who killed a dog. So she teams up with John Wick to get revenge on people and turns into a franchise. I, like I need to watch the John Wick franchise. I love I've it heard dogs only die good things. Movies. Yeah, well, that's the bad thing I've heard about it. But I've heard it's a great <laughs> trilogy, but I've not seen anything. Mm, yeah. Cool. So those are our list of submissions for this week. If you have any sequel ideas for The Dressmaker or mm-hmm. any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and many more. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set for Twitter. And our Patreon is available at patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And we have exclusive merchandise available at tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. Mm-hmm. So, Harry, next week, it's a you choice. Right, well, I've got a film that I've been wanting to do for quite a while. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say about it, but it's The Martian. The Martian. Okay, yeah. that's Matt Damon, right? Yeah. I have not seen this film. Have you not? No. Oh. Well, it's, personally, I, it may be my favourite Matt Damon film. Wow. High praise. Okay. Because mm, the Bourne Better films... Better than Suburbicon? The Bourne films just go downhill, and Suburbicon, ah, oh, it's a close contender. <laughs> Better than downsizing? <laughs> Better than we built a zoo? Do you want to go a bit higher in your, in your pitch there? I feel I'm done. Okay, cool. But yeah, The Martian. I, I think it'll be a good time. Yeah, um, could be interesting. I, I, think, I think you'll have a few things to say about it. It's, right. it's, quite, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, I've heard good things. Just never got around to it. So. Yeah, well. Cool. So enjoy. join in next week for The Martian. Yeah, and thank everybody for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.